Mark chapter 4, let's read verses 16 and 17. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root of themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now we know this as being the part of the explanation of the parable of the seed and the sower, specifically that word that was sowed on stony ground. I know we're very familiar with it, but the Bible says, as Jesus is explaining it, that the, this word, which is the word of God, it was the right gospel, the right word, was sown, and the, whoever, the hearers received it gladly. They received it quickly and gladly. So they would have embraced Christianity and Christ and the whole picture as to what they knew. But it says they, they had no root of themselves and they endured but for a while for afterwards when persecution arose for the word's sake, they were offended and they didn't continue on. They were offended and walked away from it. Now, Jesus said when he was in the, at the Last Supper praying before he would go to the cross the next day, he was praying for his disciples, praying to his father. And he says, Father, I've given them thy word and the world hath hate, have hated them because they're not of the world. I gave them my word and they embraced it. And because they embraced it, the world has hated them. And I read a quote. It says, happy is the man that is not influenced by other people. I read it in this study in a, in a Christian book. Happy is the man that is not influenced by other people. These people that received the Word of God on stony ground, they received it. They received it with joy and gladness. And they, they didn't reject it. They received it. But somebody, where does persecution come? It comes we can say ultimately has its roots in Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren and our adversary, but it comes through human beings. These, these people in that parable that received it on stony ground, they received the Word of God and they were joyful and happy about it. But people came to them and mocked and ridiculed and afflicted them and you're not going to work here or you're not going to whatever, you're not going to have a friend in the world. Whatever the persecution, you really believe that a man died and rose again. Whatever the persecution was, it was for the Word's sake. And they were offended and that was it for them. Other people influenced them, right? You can say it was Satan behind it all and I would agree with that. Now I want you to turn with me in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and we're reading about Peter and John had healed the lame man at the temple. Now they're being called to question by the council of their day, the scribes and the Pharisees, and threatened. Let's pick up in, in Acts 4.18. And they called them, this council calls Peter and John, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. That was the command of men. Right? Don't you... Um, speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now here's their response. Peter and John did not receive the word on stony ground, all right? But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. 
For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What a profession. What a difference between those two men, real men, that we're still talking about today, pillars in the church, and those in the parable that received the Word gladly, but they received it on stony ground. And when they were persecuted, persecution arose for the Word's sake. They were offended and walked away. Jesus says, blessed is He who is not offended in Me. Okay? Blessed or happy. And happy is the man that is not influenced by other people. And so I want to talk about this this morning. The influence. What influences our lives when we as blood, the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ, part of, part of His body, are influenced by other men instead of the Lord, His Spirit, His Word. Anything. Good people, bad people, groups of people, an individual. When anything influences our lives instead of the Lord, His Spirit, the Word of God, that's all the Lord, we are going to compromise. We're going to compromise our faith. We are going to compromise the truth. We are going to compromise sound doctrine and correct, whole, healthy doctrine and what we believe and what the Bible teaches. We are going to compromise godliness in ourselves. We're, we're going to compromise wholehearted and loving obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to compromise our devotion to our Lord because we're allowing something, men, other than the Lord Jesus Christ to, to influence our lives. We're, we put something and allowed to be in that place of the Lord. We're going to compromise our lifestyle. We know it because we've done it before. We know it because the Word of God teaches us that. And the Holy Spirit bears witness with it. We know it because we've practiced it and done it at some point in our lives. We're going to compromise our lifestyle. We're going to compromise our Christian behavior. We're going to compromise our holiness in the Lord. We're going to compromise our holy conduct in the Lord. It's, there's going to be, uh, I would almost say by definition almost, by necessity, if I am being influenced by something, anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be a declension, as one man of God puts it. It's going to be a move away from the Lord, away from the truth, away from holiness, away from uh, power, away from all that the Lord has from us. By, by necessity, that's going to be. The Bible says, and speaking of Christ, seems like I've been quoting this a lot lately. Jesus, uh, John said that this is the testimony that in him, he was light and in him was no darkness at all. At all. There's this pure, pure light. Everything else is either dark or a mixture of dark and light. So if I move away from the influence of the Lord in at least a little bit, that move has to be away, right? It has to be away from holiness, away from purity and truth. And so that... That uh, influence by other people instead of by the Lord or in place of the Lord, it's going to serve a purpose. Not a good purpose, but it's going to serve a purpose. It's going to serve uh, to, to weaken our, our faith. It's going to serve to undermine our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because I'm being influenced by giving heed to putting serious weight and consideration into something other than 
the truth of Christ and the word that he's given us and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Anything that you want to put in that spot is going to serve to weaken your faith in the living God. It's going to serve to decrease our devotion to the Lord, our commitment to Christ. It's going to serve to mar our testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if we think it's ever so slight, it's going to do that. It's going to lessen our influence in this world for the Lord. It's going to lessen our usefulness for Christ in this world. Think about it. Here's Job. We, we have the description of Job. He feared God and eschewed evil. He was perfect and upright before he was tested. Perfect in the sense he was wholeheartedly a follower of the Lord. He wasn't an idolater. He wasn't just uh, middle of the road, anything. He wholeheartedly knew Jehovah and he followed the Lord. Job's wife, you say a good person. Whoso finds a wife finds a good a good thing. Job had his wife who, and she says to him when he began going through the severe testings of God, he said, why don't you curse God and die? That was an influence upon his life, but he didn't heed it. You understand what I'm saying? But the influence was there to curse God and die. Obviously, Job, and I'm reading into it, God has forsaken you. God has abandoned you. God's not real. Uh, you served him in vain, whatever it may be. Sarah influenced her husband Abraham and said, why don't you take Hagar, my handmaid, and uh, maybe we can help God fulfill the promise of a, a promised child through her. He was influenced by her. It was sin. It was wrong. Now they realized it was sin afterwards and they were forgiven, but it brought heartache into their lives. I just want to read this. I'll read it for time's sake. Solomon has a son named Rehoboam, who's going to be the next king. And Rehoboam takes over, and he consults, I'm going to read this, and Rehoboam, he's just, just taken the job, basically, of king. Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived. So the old guard, basically, that stood before Solomon when the kingdom was blessed and so forth, and said to the old people that served his father as king, how do you advise that I answer the people? Because the people came to him, half the people said, you know, if you, if you do such and such, we'll, we'll serve you. If not, we're not going to serve you. And so he turns to his, old, his father's old counselors. And they spake unto him, saying, if thou wilt be a servant, Rehoboam, if you will serve this people uh, this day and, will, and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. He blew off the, te the, the counsel of the old men and he took the counsel of a bunch of young, prideful, power-hungry people that stood around him. And the kingdom split because of that. Now, you can say it was all God's will may have been, but it's just a point of being influenced he, he was influenced by those, his peers. He was influenced by those that just he grew up with and, and stood around with all the time. And the Bible says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. We've all heard that, that scripture before. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil uh, companionship is what that means. 
It doesn't say it might. Be careful because this association might corrupt you and bring about corruption to your, or taint your walk with the Lord or lead you astray or bring sin into your heart. It says don't be deceived. He's telling us straight up. This is going to happen. Evil communication or companionship corrupts good manners. It does, by definition. That's what it does to a believer. Christ is pure light. He's holy. We're trying to walk in, in, walk in the light as He is in the light and walk with the Lord. So anything that influences me outside of that, it's not going to maybe drag me away from the Lord. It will drag me away from the Lord. The question is, how much heed do I give to it? The influence of society, of the world, of peers, of friends, people you went to school with, whatever it may be. What are you putting, what are you allowing to influence your life? Because uh, evil communications are going to corrupt that. Now I'll say this, you probably have a thought ahead of me, but I, I promise I'm going to get to this. Without question, we can be influenced in a good way by godly men and women. Okay? So that is a fact. We can be greatly encouraged in our faith. We can be greatly strengthened in our faith in a positive way by godly men and women that, are, that the Lord puts in our lives. And so part of this message today would be the importance of surrounding yourself as much as possible with godly people. It does matter. You can't say, well, I get it. I can see how that could be a help, but I'm okay without that. Now, if you lived in Saudi Arabia and you didn't know another Christian or you lived in the jungle, or you lived somewhere uh, in your family, in your home, in your work environment, you, you didn't know another Christian. They just you couldn't, they couldn't be found. Okay, I promise you God will take care of you. He will, he will be sufficient for you and take care of you. But we're not in such a situation. When we are free to choose, that's the way I always think of it. When you are free to choose your companionship, what you watch on TV, the music that you listen to, what you allow not only into your life, but allow it to influence your life, that's where we're responsible for it. That's where we can cross over from being just neutral to sin. Well, I couldn't help it, God. With this, you could help. You chose those friends. You know what I mean? You clicked the remote to that station. You chose to, to listen to that music. And so the importance, it, it, other people can greatly influence and they can influence us for good. We ought to surround ourselves with saints of God, with men and women and young people who are, none of us are perfect, but we know that there are, their commitment to the Lord is perfect. They're not going to excuse their sin when they sin. They're not going to build sin upon sin. It's not that we look to anybody and expect them to be perfect. We look to Jesus. Amen. But even in those that are in our lives, influencing us for Christ, we need to have people that are committed to Christ and they don't excuse their own sin. They don't excuse their own sin. We need to surround ourselves with people like that that are following after the Lord, that know the Lord and are following off after the Lord sincerely with a pure heart. With a pure heart. David influenced Solomon. You know what David told Solomon before he died? Solomon's, I mean, David's old. He's curling his legs up in the bed and about to go to be with the Lord in heaven. And he tells Solomon, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. That's what he told him. That's the last words I'm leaving you with, son. You set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Curled his feet up in bed and the Lord called him home. Amen. You want to surround your people like we know David wasn't perfect, notable sin. But he didn't excuse his sin, 
We know he numbered the armies and he says, I've sinned. I was wrong to do this. His, his, uh, his commanding officer told him, don't do this, right? And he did. And then with, with the Bathsheba and Uriah, it took a little time, but he came under the conviction of the Lord and he said, I've sinned. He didn't keep excusing it. That's the type of person you want to, you want to be around you to influence your life. And I want to read this uh, from 2 Timothy 2. It says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Isn't that a wonderful scripture? It's not just telling you to serve the Lord. It's telling you to follow after these things, love and faith and peace, peace with them that call on the Lord. But he doesn't even stop there. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It's important. I think a lot of times we associate with people that are Christian or they say they're Christian, you can't tell, and they're kind of up and down and all over. Pray for them. Love them. But don't let that be your influence of your life. Get yourself around some people that are serious about God and are following after the Lord. And will correct you and you can speak into their lives as well. And so surround yourself by other faithful believers. And we can be influenced in a good way, certainly by other men and women of God. I want you to read this. It actually, in turn Ephesians chapter 4. God actually gave us the body of Christ for a reason. Okay? It's not just a convenience and it's not just a nice thing to have. As I said, if you're the only Christian that you could possibly get to, you worship God, John on the island of Patmos. You can meet with God. He will somehow, because He's a big enough God, take care of you. But His plan is to follow after love, faith and charity and so forth and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So He's given us people. We have somebody in our lives. We have each other right here. Amen? And we're provoking one another to love and good works. Let's look at Ephesians 4. Read with me verses 11 through 16. It's a pretty long passage, but it's worth reading. And He gave some. This is Christ. After He died and rose again and ascended, He gave gifts to the church. To the church are gifts from God. And we're going to read about the gifts and why He gave them. He gave some apostles. Verse 11. Some prophets. Some evangelists. Some pastors and teachers. Now, it's a continual sentence. What's the reason He gave that? For the perfecting or the maturing of the saints. The completion of the saints. Right? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of who? Men. Other influences, right? Satan's behind a false doctrine, but he uses human beings to speak it. Alright? But we're not to be those children tossed around by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, even the head, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part 
make an increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Now that's a mouthful, and that's quite a sentence. It'd be interesting to dissect it. But the whole point of it is that God gave the gifts to the church, ministries of the church, that the church body would be built up and strengthened to maturity and to completion. However long we're on this earth, the church is functioning for that purpose. Amen? And so be influenced by the Lord. You say, well, I'm influenced greatly by... I was influenced by... Um, uh, and have been influenced by people that God put in my life. Godly people. Okay? For the good and for the better. But when you really get down to it, the influence is the Lord in them. Let the influence be... And you can be thankful and give honor to honor to and appreciative that that John Johnship is wholly following the Lord, you know, and the influence she has upon my life. But what really let let it be Christ that influences you, even if it's through another person, my mother, my wife, different people in my life that have influenced me for good. Let it come down to it's Christ in them that is influencing me and not just them. Because we can get attached to people and a person can be wrong at sometimes. And if I follow them to the T, even the best of them, even you know me as your pastor or whoever, I pray that you would see the Lord in me and I pray the Lord you see the Lord greatly in me and I pray that you see the Lord consistently in me and privately when we're away from church and at church. But if you followed me, just just me, and not Christ in me and vice versa, we're going to get in trouble. The influence always has to be the Lord. Let the influence be the Lord and not just, I really like so-and-so. Because maybe they've been used greatly in your life and praise God for that. Maybe they'll continue to be used greatly in your life. But we don't follow them off a cliff, so to speak. If they're heading off a cliff, I need to be man enough, Christian man enough, to, to be able to speak to that individual because I love them. I love you, but I'm not following you there. Well, why not? Because you're wrong. Well, show me I'm wrong. Here's the Bible. Here's what it says. They may heed and humble themselves and, and repent and get right back with God. They may keep walking off the cliff and, and be angry at you that you're not following them. Okay? But my influence has to be the Lord. And that's all. Jesus Christ is our good shepherd. Okay? Not... Nobody else is the good shepherd. Now, the pastor, by definition, the word pastor means shepherd. And God raises up pastors to shepherd the flock, that, that, that local body that he's given. But even that shepherd is under the shepherding of the good shepherd. And has to be and must be. This is where we hold each other accountable in the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. And so we don't just follow men. We follow the Lord even if the Lord's revealing Himself to us through men, praise God for it. But we don't blindly follow people. I know that y'all understand that. Paul said, follow me. If there's anybody you could have followed. He says, you've known my charity. You've known my, my doctrine. You've known my manner of life. He told Timothy this. And he, you've known it. And I would have gladly followed the Apostle Paul. But even Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. There's two times he says that. Follow me as I follow Christ. You get the impression, it's very clear. He didn't have to put that last part. He could have just said, follow me. Jesus said, follow me. He didn't have to add to it. Okay? Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so, that you get the 
uh, the meaning that if I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. Help me, rebuke me, come to me in love, correct me, help straighten me out, but don't follow me in my error. And that's where we, so many people get in so much trouble. The key is not to allow other people to be to determine how I live my life. To determine the decisions I make. What I do, what I don't do. What I believe, what I don't believe. I didn't used to believe this, but brother so-and-so said it, now I believe it. Well, is it right? Is it biblical? Does it line up with the teaching of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation? Don't just follow it because you respect the person who said it greatly and you respect them greatly in the Lord and they've been used greatly by God. They might have been. But on this, they could be wrong. Okay? Don't accuse them or not. Find out. Study it yourself. Know it yourself so that you'll know. But the key is not to allow others to be what determines how I live my life. You know what should determine how I live my life? Only, it's very simple, plain and simply, it's Jesus. It's the Lord. That, that is His rightful place. He is my Good Shepherd. And that is to be the Holy Spirit steering us, guiding us, leading us, teaching us, empowering us in every area of our lives. Now, there's a, there's a passage. You can turn if you want to to Acts chapter 21. We're just going to look at it real quickly. This would have been later in Paul's ministry. Later in the sense that he's going to be uh, going back to Jerusalem after his third missionary journey. These were years long journeys, by the way. He's completed his third one. He's going back to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, he's going to be accused of some things by his Jewish brothers. He's going to be arrested by the Romans, shuffled off from prison to prison, and eventually end up in Rome where he's beheaded. There's a lot of years summed up in that little thing, but he, he's, he's there and there's a prophet named Agabus and Agabus is a true prophet. There's nothing against Agabus, but let's read this. In, in Acts 21.10, he's, he's stopped off in, I think, Caesarea and it says, and as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea, Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come, Unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So the prophecy was, and it was a true prophecy, uh, Paul, when you go to Jerusalem, and that's where you're headed now, you're going to be taken and you're going to be arrested and delivered over you're going to be bound. You're going to turn, be turned over to the Gentiles. That's a good prophecy. It's exactly what happened. When we heard this, this would have been Luke and his companions that were with him, believers. When we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. So they're saying, Paul, Paul, you're going to be arrested if you go to Jerusalem. Please don't go. Please don't go. Then Paul answered, What mean, mean you to weep and break my heart? For I am ready... Not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying the will of the Lord be done. Well, why did I read that? Because even though the prophecy was true and the prophecy was correct, and it was a, the, all that was around it was wonderful, godly people. They all were. And they're people you would want to surround yourself with. He did not let that determine his course because God had called him 
God didn't say don't go. He didn't even say it through the prophet, don't go. He said, here's what's going to happen to you when you do go. And Paul says, I'm ready to go. Don't beg me not to go. Paul could have been influenced not to go to Jerusalem by godly people. Luke, who wrote the gospel, he's writing the book of Acts. And he says, we tried to persuade him. We asked him not to go. We begged him not to go. And then when they realized, they said, well, we just want the will of the Lord to be done. You want to surround the people, yourself with people like that. Amen. But it's a wonderful example of not being steered or influenced in life decisions, big or small, by other people, only by the Lord. Okay? We can, and I say Christian people can be, easily influenced by others who are not wholly following the Lord or don't have perfect insight into everything. We have to be careful, okay? They might speak the right language. Maybe they're saved. Maybe they're not even saved. Maybe they're saved, but they're very carnal and worldly. Maybe they're saved and have done really well, but in this thing, they're wrong. Whatever it may be, uh, believers can be led astray. Believers, true believers, can be led astray into behavior, actions, beliefs, and so forth, ways of thinking, that are not of God. You say, how did it happen? I'm not going to say every time, but I'll say majority of the time it happens because somewhere along the line, we were allowed ourselves to be influenced by people, by people, even church people, rather than the Lord Jesus Christ only. Okay? And we could say, well, they're, the person that I'm following, is, we, may, we defend them. Even if they're wrong, oftentimes we defend them and we defend them to a fault. Instead of confronting them, and maybe God would use you to help them, maybe they're not going to be helped. They have a will, and that's their choice. But we say, they're funny, they're cool, they like me, they make me feel special, they're intelligent, they're persuasive, they have the right group of friends, a lot of other people admire them and follow them. Whatever you put in that, and keep adding to that, if it's not the Lord, it's not the Lord. And if I'm being influenced more by that person, even if they're held in great esteem among other believers, more than the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth, then I'm going to compromise. I've already compromised, but I'm going to get into worse compromise. People begin to listen to music they didn't listen to before. All because they're being led astray by somebody or people adopt a worldview they didn't used to adopt. There are people that were believers that were used greatly by God that come to some place in their ministry or their life and they believe in universalism. That everybody's ultimately going to go to heaven. The Bible doesn't teach that. But I've heard of people that preach the truth, preach the truth for many years and came to some place in their life and they adopted a new belief. And there are people that follow them right on off the cliff. Okay? We can be led into rebellion or lifestyles or arrogance. Christians can be led astray from the truth or or a way of thinking that's not of the Lord. Okay? I'll give you the definition just from like a Webster's definition of peer pressure. Peer pressure is the direct influence on people by peers or the effect of an individual who is encouraged and wants to follow their peers by changing their attitudes, values, or behaviors to conform to those of the influence group or individual. So I'm walking with this group of people and I have to change. But if people are trying to help you walk in the Lord and grow in the Lord and change to be more like Christ, 
That's going to bear witness with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Hang out with those people. Be influenced by those people. Uh, or the Lord in those people. But people that will change their attitudes, values, or behaviors in order to conform to the influencing group or individual. Okay, for the individual, this can result in either a positive or a negative effect. Okay, well, that's just the, the definition. But we read a little quote this morning, happy is the man that is not influenced by other people. People have, and you know it probably better than I do, people in our day have killed themselves because of what people said about them on social media. People have killed themselves because of what others have said about them in school or social media. I'm going to give you two, two quick examples. A 15-year-old, I'm not giving the names, I have them, but these are well-known cases. 15-year-old British Columbia girl uh, attempted suicide twice. Didn't kill herself, but it, I don't know how you attempted it, but she attempted suicide. She posted all this online. She said she was going to try again. One of the responses of somebody on her Facebook says, well, I hope she does it. I hope she dies this time and isn't so stupid. Okay? Cruel thing, horrible thing to say, no doubt about it. Well, she did. The third time she did after this post. What are we allowing to influence our lives? I'm going to tell you here as a church, don't give that authority to anybody to have that kind of influence or control over your life. It's not theirs. And the life you have is not theirs. And what you do with your life is not theirs. God put the breath in you. If you're not saved, you're His creation. And then we give our life to the Lord where twice is. He created us and we bought us with, the, with His blood. And He purchased us. Don't give that kind of power to somebody else, a lost person or a saved person. It's not theirs to have. Another 15-year-old girl, Staten Island, New York, um, she was getting you know, harassed at school and on social media and so forth. She says, I can't, I'm done, I give up. She posted all that and jumped in front of a train and killed herself. I would also say, this is a side note, uh, about social media. I'm not a huge fan of it. That doesn't mean it's a sin. I'm telling you, this is my thoughts on it. Be careful, be wise, be led by the Lord on your use of social media. Be careful, be wise, be led by the Lord in your, your use of social media. You say, well, I'm a Christian, I just use it for good. Then I would say, amen, just use it for good. Just use it for good. You know what I would else I would say? Don't concern yourself with how many likes or dislikes you get on your latest post. And don't concern yourself with how many thumbs ups or thumbs downs you get. Put the truth out there. If you want to use it for good, then use it for good. But you better cut it off right there. Because don't, if you're concerned, oh, they didn't like this, what's going to happen? We, we, we take it to heart. We're depressed. We're down. We, we might change ourselves in some way in, in order to conform to what makes them give me a thumbs up. Okay? All I'm saying... It's too much. I think it's too much of that. It's too much of caring in that sense about what people think. Just live for God. Live for God. And so just be careful with that is all I'm saying. I'm not saying don't use it. I don't even know how to use it. And I'm not really ready to learn just yet. But uh, just be careful with that, okay? I'm not minimizing what these two girls went through. I'm not ridiculing 
these two girls that took their lives or the hurt and despair that led them to it. I am saying don't allow someone to have that kind of influence in your life. You have to allow them to have that kind of influence. Peter and John were commanded not to preach in Jesus' name anymore. They were threatened. The second time, which was right after that, they went preaching again. They were threatened again and beaten the next time. And they did not allow that to be what influenced their life. The only thing that influenced their life was the Lord. The calling of God, the Spirit of God, the truth of God, the life of God. That is what it needs to be in our life. You're being accepted your being loved and so forth does not is not conditional upon people. Even lost people, praise God, lost people are loved by God. Amen. His great love wherewith He loved us. Saved people that are born again. We're accepted in the beloved. We don't deserve any of it. That all comes from the Lord. Don't allow other people to have that type of influence upon your life. I want to read this. 2 Corinthians 10.10, if you want to turn there, I'm going to go ahead and read it. This was the people of Corinth that Paul, the Lord Almighty used to start to win them to Christ and to start these, this church at Corinth. I mean, if there was a man to influence, it was Paul. Okay? The Lord through Paul. And they have a criticism of him, though. For his letters, say they, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. His, his bodily presence is, oh, he talks big in his letters. This is what the, the, his, the, his children in the faith are saying about their father in the faith, so to speak. He's always strong in those letters. But his bodily presence is weak. His speech is contemptible. It means to be despised. To be said at naught. It's nothing. That's what his speech is. And so you would say, I guess, Paul, your ministry's over now. Right? They, you, you got some thumbs down right there. Some pretty good thumbs downs. You got some frowny faces and some dislikes. I guess it's time to hang in. Hang, you know, throw in the towel now and hang it up. Not on your life. Don't give that influence to people. It's, that's not what influenced him. The Lord had prepared him for this. He says, he's, he's, I suppose the Lord has set us apostles, you know, as the spectacles and the offscoring of the world. We're the least of the least. And I love this, what he says. He says, uh, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. For those people that are giving him the thumbs down. He won them to Christ. They were going to hell. And the Lord could have won them some other way, but he did win them through Paul. I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Think about it. The more, I mean, I'm increasing my love for you the less time I receive the love back from you. Is he throwing the throw in the towel now? No, he keeps serving God. David said, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. It has to be the Lord that influences our life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with a couple of scriptures. And, and I really want to stress this. Happy is the man is not influenced by others. If the others are godly people, then, then be influenced, but let it be Christ in them that influences you, okay? And again, we can honor them and we should. The church of Corinth should have honored Paul, not worshiped him, not followed him off a cliff. There should have been a place of honor that he would have had among them, 
okay? People don't always do what they're supposed to do. Keep serving God, okay? Don't give that power. That's giving away a power. That I'm going to give a lost world that doesn't know Jesus and they frown upon up, up me. Or uh, maybe a church world that's become very liberal and carnal and they say, y'all still sing hymns in your church? Your pastor wears a coat and a tie? Y'all have Sunday school? You know, y'all have prayer meetings on Sunday night? And I'm not going to allow myself to be influenced. If God wants us to have a prayer meeting and He wants me to wear a coat and a tie and He wants us to have Sunday school and He wants us to sing hymns mixed in with us, then we're going to do that. I'm not, I'm going to be, I want to be led by the Lord. I want you to be led by the Lord. God wants us all to be led by the Lord. Don't give that influence over to other people. You can come up. Turn with me in your Bibles. We're going to close with two passages. Romans chapter 14. Let's read 7 and 8 and then skip down to verse 12. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. In other words, His possession. We belong to Him. What's going to influence my life? It has to be the Lord. It has to be the Lord. It's real simple. What I put in, fill in the blank, the Lord. The Bible, the Holy Ghost, the Word of God. I'm going to be led by the Lord. I'm going to be led by the Lord. I'm going to live unto God, die unto God. Verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to who? To the people that are giving us thumbs up and thumbs down? To other believers that are near us in the church that think we ought to start doing this uh, Jesus culture music or something like this over here? No, we're going to give our account, every one of us, of himself to God. That's who we'll give account to. So if you have a lot of people following and coming along, I pray we do, or a few people, we, we, we want to follow the Lord. But I want to follow Him in all things, not just the things I abstain from. I want to follow Him with His heart and His love for people and love for the lost and, and fulfilling the Great Commission and serving God and rejoicing always. Y'all stand with me this morning. Happy is the man that is not influenced by other people. The last Scripture, and the altars are open now. Jesus said, we know it very well in Mark in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Father, we just come before you, Lord, this morning. And God, I pray that you would help us to lay hold on the truth of what you're showing us this morning, what you're teaching us, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would show us, am I being influenced by something other than Christ? Someone other than Christ? Even other Christian people? Am I being influenced in some way other than the leading of the Holy Spirit? Am I moved some way in allowing things that are not of the truth to, to lead me away from the truth, even if it's ever so slightly. God, show us that. Forgive us of that. Forgiving that power to others and allowing them to have that influence over our lives when it's not theirs to have. That belongs solely to you. And God, would you lead us and guide us? Would you speak to us more clearly than ever before? 
And church, can I say as you're praying and seeking the Lord that He's going to speak to us. He's going to speak to us through His Word and by His Spirit. If we're, if we're uh, neglecting the reading of the Word and the hearing of the Word and a, di- a regular diet of the Word of God, we're not going to hear the Word the Lord speak to us clearly and we are going to be led astray by other things because we might even think that they're leading us in the right direction so I just encourage you he's going to play and sing find a place and meet with the Lord ask him to be your guide and your only guide in your life in Jesus name thank you Lord